Hello, and welcome to Soulful Wildflowers, a podcast where we explore topics and modalities to help raise your vibration, strengthen your internal guidance system, and your connection with self. I'm Carrie, a writer, emotional wellness coach, empath, and explorer of spirituality. My goal is to awaken the lightworker inside of you by discussing topics you may have previously thought out of reach. So welcome to Woo Woo 101, a down-to-earth approach to spirituality. As Dolly Parton once said, wildflowers don't care where they grow. So no matter where you are in your awakening, years in or just starting to explore, you're exactly where you need to be. We're so grateful you're here and can't wait to grow with you. everybody welcome this is another episode of the soulful wildflowers podcast and as you can see i am not alone today and i'm in a new location we are here with miss jess brand and today we are going to talk about opportunities and timelines so it's going to be kind of awkward because this is the first time we're doing this and i want to like talk to you but i need to talk to the camera so i'm going to i'm going to talk to your face over here on the camera (laughs) So, gosh, I don't even know where to start with this one. I think I think this concept came up because, you know, I was kind of reflecting back a little bit on um, just this journey for me personally this past year has been a little wild. I mean, if you asked me last year about having a podcast and like trying to start a blog and, and being an intuitive coach and doing all these different things that um, being on TikTok, even (laughs) I would have laughed in your face and told you that that's just not possible. And it really gave me an opportunity to just reflect that every day, you know, we all have opportunities to make choices. You can go left, you can go right. But at the same time, those opportunities really give you the means to travel a different timeline. And, and for me, that's, you know, I could be the carry that I am today right now with podcast and coaching and all these things. Or if I said no to these opportunities that came up, I could be that old version of myself who was very much, um, I don't know. I don't know the best way to describe it, but just, um, not, yeah, I've always known like the inner you. <laughs> so it's hard for me. Like, I think you're more open because it's always been the in inner there. me is now the outer me yeah. as well. I yeah. feel like so. Yeah. It's, it's just really interesting to take that moment to reflect back on that journey Mm -hmm. and then acknowledge that because I said yes to so many different things, Mm -hmm. I'm now stepping more fully into myself. And, and I feel, I was actually thinking about this on the way down here. Um, I just feel really aligned right now Mm -hmm. and really like joyful. And I was so thankful to be interviewed on another, um, in another group, Atmana is a coaching academy for intuitives. If you'd like to learn more about that, feel free to reach out to me. I'd be happy to share. Um, but I was being interviewed about my progress that mm-hmm. I've made with just, you know, just diving into this journey. And it really gave me an opportunity to just like sit back and reflect and be like, I feel so home, mm-hmm. but not just like home, like physically, but like home with myself. Yeah. And that's a really cool place to be. And if I had said no and no and no, which is something that historically I would definitely have done, mm-hmm. I would let fear and doubt and all those things keep me small and, and keep me where I was because mm-hmm. it was more comfortable. I would not be here today and I would not be this person that I'm loving. And it's really cool to think about that 
there are an infinite number of timelines. And I like, this was just a year's worth of growth. Like how much, yeah. how much more? Like what's ahead? Yeah. Yeah. It gets re- me really pumped for like all the different things. And yeah. I know you and I have talked a little bit and we're going out to lunch today. Mm-hmm. I'm super stoked. We're going to talk some more, but um, yeah, there's just, op- spring is also a great time yeah. for that. Like refresh, reset, lots of opportunities. Re- rethink, you know, where you want to go, what you want to do. Yeah. And also, you know, if keeping, keeping those steps small mm-hmm. and con- like consumable bite size, um, especially as a busy mom, somebody who's working, you know, I still have a full-time job outside of coaching and the podcast and everything. And so being able to take small steps and that momentum, there was this quote and I love this so much is like momentum, like doesn't come through standing still, like momentum comes through the act of taking action, which sounds counterintuitive, but you get what I mean. So, um, I love this idea also that, you know, it's like, you're pushing the ball up the hill and now, you know, those little steps, you're at the top of the hill finally, and then you just let it go and mm-hmm. just go with the flow. Yeah. Instead of paddling uphill, you're going with the flow. So I'm not much of a risk taker. And that's something that over the years I've really been working on. Um, and I, my question to you is, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you've made some big, big, big strides and really, done things like you said yourself that you would have never imagined that you would be capable of or comfortable with. And now you're thriving and like really finding yourself. How do you, when faced with a decision and a choice um, and whether you say yes or no to an opportunity, how do you overcome that fear and nervousness and anxiety and all those what ifs because that's my I I struggle with that and I that's something I work on and my constant focus and challenge to myself is to push myself outside of my comfort zone because I live and thrive I I think that I thrive in my comfort zone (laughs) but we all know that that's not true um so how do you approach that because that is like for me my bit like and I have scenarios where, like, I've I've said yes, I've taken the opportunity, I've had, you know, a good experience, I've gone down a new path that I've been happy with, but still, despite that, every time I come across an opportunity or something new, I get this very strong internal knee-jerk reaction <laughs> to just go with what I'm comfortable with, and it. so how do you overcome that? What are your... You don't. <laughs> you don't. You do it scared. I mean, to be very honest, that what I found just historically for me, because I very much historically am the same. And there are still a lot of things that I shy away from or I, you know, and again, as busy moms, full-time jobs, Mm -hmm. like you can only handle so much as well. But, you know, it's not about like, how do you overcome the fear? You use the fear as fuel you say, you know what? And there's, there's two different kinds of fear for me. One, like you're scared and it's like, I won't watch scary movies. Mm -hmm. I'm very sensitive to scary movies. I don't like my, my children being taken is like my biggest fear Mm -hmm. in my life. So I like, there are some fears that are like instinctual, that fight or flight 
You just can't get over you, it. Yeah, that's not, sorry. <laughs> that's not, um, that's not the fear I'm talking about. The fear of where you get the butterflies and you get excited and you're like, well, what if, and you start dreaming and you're still scared, but you're always been a dreamer. That's always been a dreamer. <laughs> that's the Sagittarius in me. Now you've learned to go with your dreams. And it's, it's really cool because it's just like, yeah, you're going to mess up. Like, you're going to fail. And that's totally fine. Take that opportunity. Take that fear. Use it as fuel. And do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And if you fall flat on your face, cool. At least you've tried it. Yeah. Because there are definitely things that I've tried that I was not successful at. (laughs) And, you know, even like things like being on TikTok or um, social media, like doing my first live was one of the scariest experiences I have ever had. I am, I am not a, historically, I have not been an outgoing person. I have not been like, I shy away from the camera. Don't take my picture. I wouldn't speak. I remember, so do you remember Mr. Negro's um, anatomy class? So this was 11th grade, I think, for me. And there was, do you remember Jerry? Jerry White? Uh Uh-huh. He was in my class, and he looked at me, and he was like, (laughs) you know if you don't open your mouth, you're going to have, like, nasty breath. I was like, okay. (laughs) Because I (laughs) I didn't talk. And I was, I'm very much an observer, but... The more I use my voice and the more I speak, I'm like, yeah, you know what? I like, I have a lot to say. (laughs) I actually have a lot to say. And like, when you step up and you share your story, and I know we talked about this last week, but you get a lot of people that are like, me too. Yeah. And they, you become relatable and Mm -hmm. people really want to, there's this intimacy and this connection that comes with. People feel as alone and it feels like, okay, this is a little bit more manageable to overcome because I know other people are walking the same path and dealing with these same struggles and they're getting through it. So if they can do it, I can do it. Absolutely. And it's also, you know, I just had a thought and I lost it, (laughs) but I think it's going back to, you know, like, again, we talked about sharing your story Mm -hmm. and saying that. We actually, we were just talking about this. Like, even if I fall on my face, it makes you like, you're a real person. Nobody gets everything right. Mm -hmm. Like even the people who have these huge businesses, million dollar businesses, whatever it may be, thousands of followers, like they had to start off with their first live at some point Mm -hmm. too. And they started off with one follower at some point. Like it's that consistency of continuing to try Mm -hmm. that I think really helps you like get excited when that fear comes up, that butterfly fear, you're like, oh, there's going to be something on the other side of this. Like I'm going to learn a lesson. Mm-hmm. I'm going to learn something new. And even if it does fail and you're like, well, that sucked and I didn't really like it. Well, now you can pivot. And that that goes to the timelines. Yeah. Like you can take this timeline and do, you know, one thing, or you can go this you direction. You as many crosses in the, like, yeah. ro- like forks in the road. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, definitely. Well, and I think like, if your goal is to either fail or succeed, it's going to be hard to be successful because you're at what 50, 50% chance of either one. But if your goal is to have a good experience or to learn something new or to push your boundaries, you have a, you have a different, you have a better chance of being more successful in reaching that goal. And I think what I have found, you know, in pushing myself and trying to pivot when I've 
maybe not reached quote unquote the goal or, or succeeded um, and looking at what I can take from the situation. So in, you know, the corporate world, you know, you have, you have these projects and if the project fails, you, you'll have these meetings learning after doing, right? So you, you take time to look back and, and remap your steps and see what you can take away from the situation. And I've tried to apply that in my personal life when I, you know, feel like, oh, that didn't really necessarily work the way I thought it would. Okay, so what can I take away from that? And what can I get out of this? Because if you're just looking at it as this like black and white, you know, fail or succeed, um, you're selling yourself short and you're missing an opportunity to get something out of it. And I feel like for the majority of us, like we're not going to succeed, you know, in the the, the typical term. Yeah. You're not going to succeed the first time. So if, if you base your success on like getting it perfect, you're never going to succeed. Mm -hmm. And then exactly. You're never going to push yourself to the next opportunity. Mm -hmm. And so I apologize. We have not tried to do this uh, live in person before. And I'm we're recognizing like with the sun, I can't see comments on the computer. So I'm going to read from my phone. So Jana's with us and we're live on Facebook. If you're not, feel free to join us in the Soulful Wildflowers Facebook group. But Jana says an affirmation. My story matters and I share it courageously. And I love that. I love, yes. Ah, I love the word courageous because, you know, like we were saying earlier, courage what's the quote? It's something like courage isn't the like lack of the absence of fear. It's being able to do it anyway. Yeah. So that's a great, um, I love that. I think for me to kind of piggyback on Jana, I have always been somebody that wants to be strong and a fighter. And so I tell myself when I'm in these, you know, uneasy situations where I find myself, um, pushing my comfort levels, um, not to be a chicken shit. <laughs> That's my affirmation. You know, like I try to remind myself that I'm strong, remind myself that um, by letting the fear win, I'm weakening myself and I don't want to be weak and I want to be strong and it's okay to be afraid and you can still be strong and be afraid. And, um, and I find too that vocalizing all of those fears mm-hmm. to help get outside of my own head is helpful. Um, but yeah, like my, my, not necessarily family friendly, but my affirmation when I'm in these moments is don't be chicken shit, Jessica. <laughs> so not to welcome to Carrie's therapy hour, but, um, I just, I think TikTok is just great for like those, like, like quick snippets of information. But, um, this one really hit me. And I think we could both relate to this a lot is, you know, being an independent woman, uh-huh. being an independent indivi- individual, like if you strive to do everything on your own every single time is a trauma response uh-huh. because you couldn't rely on the people you thought uh-huh. you were meant to rely on to take care of you or support you. Yep. So you learn not to rely on anybody and make sure that you can do everything yourself. And I think a lot of women, yeah. especially we, we strive to do everything ourselves. Uh-huh. And when we can't, we feel like a failure. And even in motherhood, oh my God, motherhood. (laughs) You are not meant to do this alone. (laughs) You're not meant to do this alone. And not not just motherhood, but like your life journey in general, like humans are not meant to be alone. We're meant to have community Mm -hmm. and support each other and uplift each other. Absolutely. 
So this idea that you fail because you couldn't do it on mm-hmm. your own also, I call BS. Yeah. And that's a lesson that I'm really learning through this process. You know, we were talking yeah. about looking back a year ago, I would have def- definitely like, I have to do it all on my mm-hmm. own. I have to do this podcast and watch my kids. And, you know, it's not realistic. Yeah. So being able to step up and ask my husband for support mm-hmm. and say, look, this this process that I'm going through, I'm not really sure what it's going to look like at the end. It's really important to me. And I want you to support me so that, you know, I can show up as my best self, not just for me, but for my children Mm -hmm. and my husband. And it's honestly made our relationship so much stronger because we're communicating a lot more (laughs) instead of me being like, you know, feeling that I have to do everything on my own and then being resentful because I never asked for help in the first place. And then him being like, what the hell's your problem? (laughs) Where now I'm like, you know, I need this time. Can you take the kids? And then I'm also reflecting and saying, hey, you've done a lot this week to help me. What time do you need? And really reflecting back to him that it's okay for him to take that time. Not that my husband needs any encouragement to do that, but (laughs) do you feel like you guys are more connected now? So it's so interesting. It sounds like while you've taken on more, you've found a way to connect more through that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so my husband, God bless him. He is a very like super down to earth, very grounded, very, Mm um, yeah, like, very lots of street smarts you know Mm -hmm. what I mean Mm -hmm. um he's just like all around very Mm -hmm. casual level-headed guy level-headed is a great word for it and like he especially like a couple of years ago when I really started down this path of like the woo-woo and the more intuitive and listening to my podcast because I I love podcasts because it's it's a platform that moms can listen to when they're doing the dishes or Mm -hmm. you know doing all the things and so I listen to them while my family's with me. And mm-hmm. so he would hear some of these things and he'd be like, what kind of bad shit? <laughs> but, you know, now that we're, we're through this, we're going through this together. Uh-huh. And now, you know, we're talking about retreats on the farm and he's throwing out ideas yeah. of like, oh, we have this old, you know, old site where the original homestead was the 1700s. You guys could go like Ooh. ghost hunting and like doing readings there. And I was like, I bring him to the dark side to the light side actually so it's really cool that like you're saying Mm -hmm. it's just being more open about what you want and what you need gave him the opportunity to join you and on the journey yeah it wasn't doing that before because he didn't know he needed to well yeah we weren't we weren't voicing well he voices his needs he, whenever he wants. <laughs> I wasn't voicing my needs yeah. and there was a lot of resentment. And, you know, I think a lot of times as women, like we were talking about earlier, we're like, fine, I can do it myself. Mm-hmm. I don't need mm-hmm. you. And so I'll go off and I'll be internalizing and having a, like we talked about last time, conversations in my head, mm-hmm. negative self-talk. And when in reality, I need to be having these conversations with him. So I have found that. The more open I am with my fears in challenging situations, while for me, my like instinct is I'm afraid to do that because of my past situation, um, but I've really worked on trying to push past that. And I fortunately have people in my life that have 
allowed me to learn how to trust that process a little bit better. Um, and I find the, the more I allow myself to lean on others and open myself up to others and share my fears and share my vulnerabilities, the more um, capable I am of, of working through challenges and overcoming fears and making the most of opportunities. I mean, you and I talk a lot and I can't tell you how many times I've said, hey, I just need to like get this out of my system <laughs> or, you know, bounce something off of you or vent. And I, I mean, I do the same thing with my husband and my sister and, and there's, you know, the more I do that, the more I feel like I can process everything a little bit easier and I'm allowing people to help and support me, which is also something I need to work on. <laughs> well, and I, I love this because I, I think it also gives you an opportunity for somebody to be like, why are you so scared? It's not yes. that scary. Cause sometimes we get like, like really into the weeds <laughs> and we're like, Oh my God, the house, everything's on fire. And then somebody like, again, my husband's very grounding and I'm, uh -huh generally not so we we compliment each other very well and he's like he just sometimes even the way he looks at me and I'm like oh maybe maybe I don't need to yeah I get that from my husband as well he's he's not he he's a little more verbose than than Wes is and a little bit more um I don't know even how to describe it he's very direct and honest you can always count on honesty but i think i think you appreciate that though oh, yeah, like there's that. no closed doors no. there's no hiding yeah. like it what you see is what you yeah. get what what he says is what he yeah. means <laughs> and i that's a very powerful relationship to have mm -hmm. when you can have a very honest conversation not just with your partner but also your friends yeah. or just um you know having i know i have a coach that sometimes they're like is what you really need Carely. to hear, not what you want to hear. <laughs> exactly. And in those moments, you're like, God damn it. <laughs> like, you know, as soon as they reflect it back to you, you're like, oh, you, yeah. you know, that that's that's my block or this is my fear. And is it realistic? Mm -hmm. Is it a realistic fear? You know, a lot of the times it's like, well, you know, this podcast, for example, why wouldn't you want to share you know what's happening in your life or what you're going through or these different topics mm -hmm. well what if nobody relates okay what if nobody relates to it then you talk about something else mm -hmm. or you know well what if you know nobody's joining me on my lives okay then nobody joins you on your lives but you're still having this conversation yeah. I'm still here connecting with mm -hmm. you and that to me means the world because uh, first of all I don't have my children <laughs> and <laughs> I am getting some me time but also like I'm having a soul connection with mm -hmm. you and that can't be replaced regardless of anybody's joining us live or anybody listens to the podcast episode afterwards, you know, it's an opportunity for me to express myself. And so really asking yourself, what is it that you're truly afraid mm -hmm. of? Why, why aren't you taking this opportunity? What is the core fear? Well, which sometimes that's the hardest question to ask because sometimes those, those fears, that you have come from a place that you don't always want to touch and you don't always want to see and feel. And so it's easier to just say no to an opportunity because you don't want to address any of those things that are holding you back. And the more you face those fears and the more you face those reasons for wanting to say no, the more you're giving yourself the opportunity 
really live life to its fullest, which I think, I mean, that's all I'm trying to do. Yeah, this is a really great point because, you know, like we're talking about timelines, right? Mm -hmm. So you can say no to the opportunity and you're exactly where you are. Mm -hmm. Are you happy and satisfied with where you are? Will you look back a year from now, a week from now, whatever it is, and man, man, I really wish. What if I had? Yeah. Or you had said yes. Because I guarantee you're going to see somebody doing it or Mm -hmm. you're going to, you know, there's going to be some person that reminds you and you're like, look how happy they are. Look, you know, and again, maybe it flops and maybe it doesn't go well. And that's cool too. But don't let your fears keep you small. And like, even though you may feel safe Mm -hmm. temporarily, you're also limiting the amount of joy, I think, that you can really step into. And I don't know. I feel like life is meant to be playful and fun and exciting. And it took me a really long time to get here and get to a place where I actually felt like life is a playground, Mm -hmm. not just, you know, get up, you know, get everybody ready and do all the things for everybody else, go to work and do eight hours for everybody else as somebody else's company and somebody else's, you know, dream, which I think is another, you know, therapy session with Carrie is like, (laughs) are you going to stay stuck in your nine to five? And some people are very happy with that. And I have no, like, if you are happy with your job, stay there. Like, don't, it doesn't make any sense. But if you're not happy and you do have a dream that you're not pursuing because you are scared, like, are, are you going to let somebody else's dream, like, are you going to sacrifice your own? Yeah, to fulfill somebody else's. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So, uh, even though it can be scary, there there's a lot of transformation that happens when you step on the other side of that fear, mm-hmm. and then you go, "That really wasn't bad." <laughs> like most of the time, once I've done something, like I'll get myself worked up mm-hmm. for things, and like my anxiety flares, and then I do it, and I'm like. Oh, that's for nothing. That wasn't that bad. Well, I think for me, um, I like control and I struggle with situations where I don't have control. And that's just something that I think a lot about because I can look back on situations in my life where I was so focused on controlling the situation and the potential end result that I think I ended up restricting myself from all the possibilities of what could be. And you talk about like life being this fun and playful and evolving thing. And I can think back to times in my life where I was so focused on control um, that I restricted myself and I restricted all the possibilities and all the fun and I sucked, zapped it all out. (laughs) And I look back and I think if I had just opened myself up a little bit more, if I had released some of that control a little bit more, if I had stopped um, focusing so much on making sure certain things happened a certain way in a certain order, what, you know, yeah, maybe, maybe it did work out the way it was supposed, like the way I wanted it to, like the way it was supposed to, Um, but was that the best way? So now I've really been trying, especially as being a new mom, and there's so many things that I, I can't control, and Mm. I've, really been putting a lot of attention on 
not trying to control everything and just allowing things to kind of evolve and go see where they, you know, make, make decisions as, as those situations come across rather than like pigeonholing myself into this is how it should be. And then I, you know, get anxious when it's not that way. And I feel like in the past I've missed out on opportunities because I was so focused on controlling. And so for me, I feel like, you know, I pushed opportunities away or I didn't, I wasn't even open to seeing them. I love that. Yeah. Because I was so focused on trying to control because of past trauma that I um, couldn't see past what was right here in front of me that I was trying, you know, so, you know, when I found out I was going to become a mom, I had a lot of fear because I knew there would be so much I couldn't control and I wasn't sure how I would handle that and how my anxiety would you know deal with that and I had to make a very conscious decision that I wouldn't focus on the things that I couldn't control and I wouldn't try to plan the things that I couldn't control and I would just you know the whole cross that bridge when you get to it you know I wanted to make myself informed so that when I got to the the bridge I was able to make a good healthy decision Mm -hmm. and I would have the knowledge to make a good decision so I focused on really just educating myself but not worrying about what the decision would be and I look back now and there's many instances that I'm very proud of myself for doing that because um with having my first child during a worldwide pandemic (laughs) there were a lot of things that had I said, this is how I want it to be and this is how it should be, I would have been very upset because those things are not possible. Um, and now I look back on like my experience of becoming a mother and there are a lot of things that I feel really proud of myself for that happened in a really wonderful way um, because I didn't allow myself to get so hung up on the should be's and the plans mm-hmm. and, and this and that. And I just kind of informed myself and, you know, tried to educate myself and allowed myself to just make decisions as they came, Um, you know, look, you know, allow opportunities to come to me. um, And it's paid off, you know, and I, you know, and then kind of going through that, like, look back process of what have have I learned? Gratitude. I've really, um, you know, through that self-reflection, I've really tried to reinforce that behavior within myself. What I, what I was hearing you saying kind of at the start was, you know, we try to control the outcome. Mm-hmm. There's you physically, it is impossible to control the outcome. It's so exhausting. <laughs> <It's driving. laughs> it's and so yeah, I'm right there with you. So as somebody who's lived with anxiety my, my whole life, mm-hmm. I mean, very young age, like I remember the first day of school, I would literally have a panic attack on the first day of school and be sent to the principal's office through the entire elementary school. In high school, I had panic attacks pretty frequently in class, which was super embarrassing, but I didn't know what it was at the time. But in order to feel safe, my response to that was control. Mm -hmm. And as soon as that control left, which, okay, first of all, in high school, like it is just... (laughs) your hormones, your people, like, it's it's pointless to try, but we still did. You still try though, but like you said, it's exhausting to try to control every piece of this situation, but it also kept me really small. Mm -hmm. It kept me very quiet. If I didn't speak, nobody would respond. 
and I wouldn't have somebody disagree with me or conflict with me in a way that that brought my anxiety to flare if I didn't go out to events. I There are so many times when I would have a panic attack literally before even going and leaving my house and I would say, oh, I'm sorry, I can't go. I have to wash my hair. So though that like that was my life. And it's not to say that I don't have that anxiety. Um, I now have the tools and a different perspective to help me work through it when it does come up. Because yeah, it still comes up. It's still there. Yeah. But I also recognize that I can't control the outcome. And like you said, the best I can do is prepare myself to what the outcomes can mm-hmm. be. And I don't know if anybody else has this and I think this is a response an anxiety response I have moments where like you remember the movie's final destination mm-hmm. that that's how I think worst case scenario like what if do I do if worst case scenario comes up yeah mm-hmm. like if I see a truck with wood log wood mm-hmm. my the first reaction is it's gonna pop me in the face yeah. like that that's not normal <laughs> <laughs> the likelihood of this happening or like the the window glass like smashing the person. Okay, look, that's gross. But the whole point of this to say is like the the reality of these like totally tangent one in a million mm-hmm. case scenarios mm-hmm. happening. Yeah, and you're like you said, you're spending so much energy making sure it doesn't happen. I would. Oh my god, I'm not a very good driver. My husband gets on me because he's he is a very good driver, and. I would have situations where I wouldn't go on certain roads because my anxiety would flare. And mm-hmm. I like, I live in the country now, but when I lived in the city, like traffic 270, mm-hmm. oh, hells no. Mm-hmm. That gives me my anxiety flare so much. And so I would, <laughs> I'm the type of person, and it's very stressful for people who are with me in the car, but mm-hmm. they don't understand that it's a response to the anxiety, like, like this worst case scenario. I will stay in the right-hand lane. <laughs> if I miss my turn, I will wait until there's an opportunity to to successfully turn. I'll go in a shopping center and go all the way around to come back out to a light to make, I'll, I'll find the light. The, 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 there's control. <laughs> but it's an anxiety response. Yeah. It's, it's a trauma response. And, you know, now... I, I successfully drive to your house without an anxiety attack, <laughs> but I don't, I did not, I did get on what, uh, shitty Grove. What's a 119? I don't know. But yeah, all this to say that, you know, we can't control the outcome. You just absolutely can't. Mm-hmm. And so w- one thing that I think is beneficial, if you are somebody who has anxiety and you go to these extreme situations, cause I, I know I'm not the only one is that Okay, yes, that is that is one case scenario that the wood off the trailer is going to fly and hit you in the face. Is it going to happen? Probably not. What is what is the most likely scenario that is going to happen? You're going to get to wherever you're going mm-hmm. without any issues and everybody's going to be fine. And focusing on that successful outcome really has helped me with my anxiety mm-hmm. in those moments where I'm like, I, I get myself worked up because I... I overanalyze the situation and then that also leads to not being present in that moment and especially if you're driving it's pretty important to be present so you know you're you're almost like putting yourself in a worse situation Mm -hmm. by doing this overanalyzing and trying to control everything I 
I mean, I've learned a lot becoming a mom, but I, I feel like the biggest takeaway for me and the, the, the biggest thing has been like my biggest fear, I'll be completely open, in life for the majority of my life was having a child. Biggest fear, like to the point where if I saw a pregnant person, I would have a panic attack. Like legitimately, like have a physical response because of that fear being so strong. So you can imagine what potentially could have happened <laughs> for myself <laughs> when I became pregnant. And I, I made a very conscious decision to wait a very long time to even consider the idea of having children because of this. But, you know, when I found out I was pregnant, I had to really talk to myself and tell myself that you cannot go through this like life-changing massive situation that you there's so much of it that you cannot control trying to control every outcome and so from the start I promised myself I promised my husband that I would not try to over research try to <laughs> try to make all these decisions and I I'm so freaking proud of myself because I did not do that. I went into labor pretty much a month early. Bags were not packed. Oh my God. I remember. Yeah. Still in the box. No birth plan whatsoever. Um, no idea whether I wanted an epidural or a natural birth. I legitimately like told myself, you'll make these decisions when you get, when you get to the universe test for you. Like that. Now. My mind is kind of blown that like, just, just because I know you like having a plan Uh and, and knowing how to be successful. Like we were talking about like ensuring that success, but you, you, a month early, that's, that's pretty, yeah. Yeah. Like I, like I got to the hospital and I remember having this like weird out of body feeling because I felt so I was nervous, obviously, because I was going into labor a month early and I was worried, you know, if my baby was going to be healthy, all those things. But I had this weird sense of calm because I I had this overall feeling of, okay, we'll figure it out as we go. We'll, we'll cross, like, I did my research. I know some of the basics, but, like, I can't make certain things happen in a certain way. So there's no point in really spending energy and trying to make it happen that way. And I remember... I had the most amazing labor and delivery nurse and she came in and she was full of energy. And this was at like 11 o'clock at night by the time we like got, you know, to the room and everything. And she was like, so are we having an epidural or not? And I was just like, I don't know. <laughs> and, Maybe. Like, okay. and I said, you know, being honest with you, like I've intentionally not put together a birth plan because I knew I'm somebody that likes to control things. And I knew that if it didn't go according to plan, I would freak out. So I don't have a plan. I'm just taking it one step at a time. So tell me what I need to, like, what decisions do I need to make right now? That's what I said to her. I said, what do I need to decide on right now? Because that's all I can do. One thing at a time. Break it down into small, manageable. She said to me, that's great. Like, she was on board for it. She was all for it. And she was like, okay, so here's the deal. You don't need to make any decisions about epidural right now. If at any point you make that decision that you want it, we'll get it for you. She's like, there's, I've heard many people say that like, you know, there's a point where it's too late. She said, no, there's no point where it's too late. It might not be fully in effect by the time you have to do stuff. So you might end up feeling it anyways, 
but if you ask, you can ask for it at any point in time. And I was like, okay. So, you know, she just, she walks me through how to, you know, make myself comfortable one step at a time. And I look back on my birth experience and I just remember feeling so calm and I never ever in a million years would have thought that I would go through one of the things that I was most scared of in my whole entire life, feeling calm. And I remember like we get to the, you know, the baby's born, you know, we're still in that like euphoric state, Mm -hmm. all that kind of, you know, fizzles away over the next day or so. And I remember saying to my husband, okay, I can do this again. Like, I'm proud of myself. Like I did it. Like I was really proud of myself that like I went through that and I just, I remember so many details so clearly because I wasn't trying to control what those details would be. Same. Yes. And I just, for me that like, it's something I'm so proud of because it's something that I knew was going to work for a big challenge. And you know, there was a lot of conversations with my husband where mm-hmm. I had meltdowns and, you know, I was struggling with the lack of control. And I know I had conversations with you and, and I, you know, was very open about all of that through the process. But um, I just think to myself, like, how sad would that have been if I had gone through this like life-changing experience, just trying to keep my life the same. And you know? one thing I want to reflect back to you is this the importance of letting letting go of that control mm-hmm. you will be supported mm-hmm. yeah. it is amazing yeah. because we think well and again it goes back to that trauma response mm-hmm. of you know I'm i wasn't one that's supported. got me exactly. i gotta take care of me nobody will support mm-hmm. me but me but you were actually perfectly supported with the most perfect nurse for you or like right. somebody that innately in the past i would have never trusted in a million <laughs> years but I told myself, this is why she's here. This is her job. She's trying to do what she needs, you know? And I mean, and I had experiences where I, my trust was let down and I could have easily, like, I did not have a good experience with my doctor. He ended up being the one that uh, delivered, delivered. Yeah. and, you know, that was something that I could have very, like, I had a moment where I remember telling myself, Jessica, you cannot freak out about this. You cannot freak out about this. Cause I was starting to freak out about it when I found out he was going to be the one to deliver my baby. And I was so upset. And I just, I had, I got in the shower and I, I said, you need to wash away all that feeling because that is not, not going to suit you well right now. <laughs> and this, this whole concept of, you know, we're talking about opportunities mm-hmm. and this is something that I was um, kind of talking about earlier, like with my husband is that, it's amazing how supported you are if you just ask. Mm-hmm. There are so many people in your life right now that want to support you or th- like this community or your family. Like people generally want to see you succeed. And we're so hell bent on doing everything on our own mm-hmm. because we want to control. But you know, the, the only way I can do this right now to have this conversation with you, be on a podcast, you know, do coaching is because mm-hmm. I'm asking for support. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if I didn't, this, this whole thing would have fizzled out. My business would have fizzled out before it even got off the ground. Yeah. And so I think it's important for us to remember that, you know, it's okay to ask for help. It's mm-hmm. okay to say, you know what? 
I'm struggling today. I need a minute. Mm -hmm. I need what actually, you know, give yourself enough space to even ask yourself what you need. How many times are we like, okay, here's the juice box for you. And here's, you know, your soccer stuff and here's homework, blah, 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 whatever it is. And at the end of the day, like you are just done. Mm -hmm. But did you actually take the time to be like, what do I need? Mm -hmm. And so when you and I were talking and I was asking about like potentially going out to lunch and stuff, I was like, I need time like off camera with my girl, <laughs> with my best friend to just like have conversation. Yeah. And like, when was the last time things are finally starting to open up? People are getting yeah. vaccinated and yes, we still need to be cautious and careful, but we're finally in a place where like, I can't even remember the last time we were able to go out mm -hmm. and, and just have a conversation with just the two of us, oh not as moms, but as like I mean, women. So and it's been years because I was in Texas. I came oh, that's back right. and I was pregnant and you had like, how old was Elena? Like under a year old, like yeah. you had a fresh baby <laughs> and then COVID hit. So it's been yeah. a while. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's so funny though, because literally two days before you reached out, I was talking to Joe on the phone, was at a work, like driving back from a work event. And we both have very, very busy lives and very, you know, sometimes the only opportunities we have to talk is like while one of us is in the car. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he was in the, in the car driving home, the baby was in bed and I had this like aha moment where I realized I had not been asking myself like what I need for a while. You know, I work full time and I, you know, give a lot to my job when I'm at work. And then when I come home, you know, the baby's in daycare. And then when I come home, we have like an hour to an hour and a half of like home time to do whatever we have to do um, before he has to go to bed. So like during the week, I really try to maximize that like hour to hour and a half of time that I have with him. Mm -hmm. And then once he goes to bed, it's, you know, full swing into doing dinner with my husband because we have to eat, um, <laughs> and, you know, prepping for the next day, cleaning the dishes, mm -hmm. making the bottles, all those things. And before you know it, it's 11 o'clock and I'm like, you know, swaying on my feet, trying to stay awake. And then the weekend comes and it's like, okay, I have a little bit more time. And, and I had used the weekend. I think a lot of us to like catch up catch on what up. we didn't get to the week. And I try to like also make sure that I'm spending time with my son that I barely get to see during the week. And I remember having this moment that day where it was just me and the baby and my husband was at a work thing and I was so tired and the baby was in a really good mood and I like set him down in his playpen and I I like ha I got myself a glass of water and I was watching TV and I kind of like laid back and like took a deep breath and like relaxed for a minute and instantly guilt set in of I should be focusing on the baby. I should be doing something for the baby because this is that time where I have so little time with him. And I like, I just felt this instant guilt, but I had nothing left. Like I was just so spent that I needed to just like sit and veg out for a minute, but I felt horrible for it. Yeah. And I, you know, in the moment couldn't really see it for what it was, but you know, my husband calls me later after the baby's in bed and I'm telling, I'm sharing this story with him about how guilty I felt. 
and just like you know before you have kids you hear people talk about mom guilt but you don't realize how bad it is yeah. <laughs> like, i mean i've heard about it you know i have a lot of friends with kids and you know i've heard about mom guilt for many years but i just did not know how strong it was and i'm talking to and i i'm talking to my husband about how like just burnout and drain i'm feeling because I'm, you know, working and work's been crazy. And then I come home and I'm like momming and that's like another job. Yeah. And I, you know, I mm -hmm. caught myself trying to like do everything and be everything and do it all. And then I just ran out of any, any, any energy. And then moment I tried to like take a minute for myself and I was just having a glass of water, watching something stupid on Netflix. <laughs> like it wasn't even like I was doing anything crazy that I shouldn't feel guilty about, but I felt so so guilty because I was not, you know, making, present with making him the most and, yeah. of the time. I mean, I have so little time. And so I'm telling my husband all this stuff to try to make a long story short. And he's just like trying to help me reset my brain of like, you have to take care of yourself. You can't pour can't from your cup. Yep. And, you know, all I had to say, like, very shortly into the conversation, he's like, okay, so this weekend, do you want me to take the baby and you can go get your nails done or, or you can go for, do something yeah. or you can call Carrie or you can go do something. And, and even as he's being so abundantly supportive and trying to help me, I'm that mom guilt is in the back of my head. The well, negative self-talk. Yeah. There's mm -hmm. nothing really worth like that. I feel like I like, I don't want to go get, I used to love to get my nails done, but I'm like, that's just not worth like losing time with my son for. And all the he's making all these suggestions and I'm like nah nah like I'm letting the guilt win and I just I had to like give myself a pep talk and then you reached out and you had this idea and it was like the universe like intervened and was like you're not gonna do it yourself so somebody's gonna force you and give you an opportunity that you can't really pass up um but it was just like that that guilt of like taking care of myself and trying to do all the things and be all the things and not allowing anybody to help was not serving me well <laughs> at all. Well, and it doesn't serve Ashton. No. It doesn't serve your husband. And I, I think this is something that it takes a while to really like grasp is mm -hmm. that when you fill yourself up with things that bring you joy, mm -hmm. you pour from the overflow. Mm -hmm. And it's one thing to say it, but when you actually start yeah. doing it, so for example, yesterday, you know, my husband had to work on the farm truck, broke down, of course, and he had to work yesterday. So I was hanging out with the girls and the big girls were playing and, you know, I was with Elena, but I had already, you know, I have my day today with you. Mm -hmm. And throughout the week, there were a couple of things that I did and, you know, I've already scheduled that time. Mm -hmm. So I was, I felt so present with her. Yeah. We played on the swing set. We went for a walk. We, you know, we played in the garden and we did a lot of stuff and I didn't feel burnt out because mm -hmm. I was, I was participating. Yeah. And I think we get to a point where we're so burnt out. We can't participate in our kids' lives. Yeah. Like we're physically there, but like mentally, emotionally, we're not. Mm -hmm. And so it just really, just to really like bring home this concept of, the importance of taking yourself, it doesn't just benefit you. Yes, mm -hmm. it absolutely benefits you, but it really benefits your partner, your children, you know, who your job, mm -hmm. like you're able to show up with your battery charged yeah. and you can be a different person 
-hmm. And I love that you shared that, you know, it, when you became a mom doing your nails was like, before that, doing your nails was something you loved. Well, it's okay if the things you used to love Mm -hmm. change motherhood is a catalyst and it, it really gives you an opportunity to reflect like what does bring me the most joy mm-hmm. and it goes back to the original like the beginning of this conversation which is you know when you do have an opportunity to choose a different timeline mm-hmm. and you're scared how do you do it yeah. you just do it yeah you know like just do it <laughs> and if it doesn't bring you joy and you find it sucks don't do it again do something mm-hmm. else but you have to take those actions in order to get to the other side to get to that end of that other timeline it's a it's a nerve-wracking process but if you you just do it and you really really try to fully do it you'll find that every time it gets a little easier I think absolutely yeah absolutely so Jess we are almost at the hour here Mm -hmm. and um Man, I just love our talks. (laughs) And I'm excited because we get to talk afterwards as well. But um, do you want to share? I know I shared last week about the um, Facebook group. There's like little uh, contest. Do you remember? Or I can share. Okay, cool. (laughs) So we have a Soulful Wildflowers Facebook group. And we are almost at 100 people Mm -hmm. in our community. And so what we're doing as of last Sunday, if you have joined the Facebook group, um, we will be entering you into a raffle. And once we reach 100 people, we'll be picking somebody for a $25 Amazon gift card because who doesn't love Amazon? (laughs) I mean, especially if you're a mom (laughs) in a pandemic and you need things delivered to your house. It's like the best thing on the face of the earth besides grocery delivery. Yeah. See, I live in the middle of nowhere. I don't get grocery mm-hmm. delivery, but we do get curbside pickup for groceries so we can go to the grocery store and pick them up. But I digress. <laughs> so thank you so much for joining us for another episode. Um, if you are live in the Facebook group, thank you for tuning in and sharing your questions and comments. Um, and if you want to reach out, you can reach us on um, soulfulwildflowers.com. We're, I'm also on Instagram, soulfulwildflowers all the things soulful wildflowers and if you have any questions topics that you are interested in hearing for an upcoming episode definitely share that with us and if you are enjoying this content if you are enjoying listening to us chat um, please leave a review on itunes or spotify wherever you're listening to your podcasts uh, because it does help us reach new listeners and i thought maybe the next episode we can read some of the um the reviews that have come in so far because i think it's fun to I don't know, give, give myself a little pep talk (laughs) of um, folks who are enjoying. So thank you so much. Appreciate you. And until next time, bye.